episode number 84. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. And this is Greg Duncan. First, an apology from me, Martin Woodward. This show was actually recorded back in uh, November 13th, 2014. And it's actually taken me this long to get it out the door. So uh, apologies for that. And then back to the show recorded back in November. Thank you. Well, Greg, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We've got no news. <laughs> it's been a while. Quiet week. Yeah. Now. So I'm just recovering. Uh, For for some reason, we did have on the books to record a show um, last Thursday. And then I I, I called you up and I was like, I need to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought you said it was a family thing. Oh, okay. Uh, It actually was. (laughs) Yeah, I needed to spend some time with the family because I just hadn't seen them. I'd been doing like 22-hour days for about a week by that point. But anyway, so we, we shipped a bunch of stuff. So we'll, we'll go through and we'll run through. But before we talk about that, the big news is Greg Haggard had his first MVP summit. How was it? That was actually pretty awesome. Um, yeah? It was, uh, well, a, a couple of reasons why it was awesome. Uh, first of all, I got to go to Microsoft campus again. Last time I was there was 2012. Uh, for build, the build event, and I got to uh, record a this week on Channel Nine session, and I uh, grabbed Gordon Beaming, fellow. Oh yeah, I saw that one. How's how are you finding the how are the this week in Channel Nines working? You know, using the Skype stuff as well. Is that all working out for you guys? Uh, you seem to. We actually okay. haven't done a, a, a Skype episode yet. I, I think I'm scheduled to be primary host in late December, early January. So right that's in. when we'll Skype in and we'll try. Yeah, um, early January is when I'm in. The switching it between the hosts is actually pretty neat because we've all been trying to kind of like one up each other. Uh, <laughs> bef- the on episode on show three hundred three, the one before the one I did with Gordon, uh, uh-huh. Vlad and Nikolai were there, and they had Cortana do her own pick of the week. Nice, which was really pretty cool. Uh, and it, it flowed into the show and it was, was really pretty great. He actually did a trick yeah. because you can't modify Cortana's innate behavior. You can write an application to do it. So what he said, he says, Cortana, what is your pause pick of the week? So he wrote an application called what is your, what is your, oh, and then he fed it the pick of the week. And, and it was, it was, it was, uh, pre-selected text and that kind of stuff, but it was really pretty great example of huh. the technology. Brilliant. Uh, so, well, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, it's, well, you, you, first of all, <laughs> A, you got to meet Gordon in person, who's a legend of the show. We, we all, were always talking about Gordon. Uh-huh. And, and, and we got so to it. hang out and to one up him. Um, Jeremy, you know, Jeremy Foster, who does a lot of the shows on, on Channel 9 and stuff, hooked us up yeah. to go into the Microsoft Maker Garage. Isn't that the best place that in the world? It's like the coolest geek out room from simple tools all over the walls to 3D printers to laser cutters. And they had that Connect Cube in there, which we, of yeah. course, played with. Um, so Gordon and I basically did it uh, this week on Channel 9 there in the show. Um, Matthew, who edited it all, did an outstanding job editing it and putting this all together. And it was really pretty fun. We'll have a link in the show notes. So if you guys haven't seen it yet, you, you can go and see it. It was a two guys in a cube episode, as well, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. Um, so that was, that was actually pretty neat. But the other side, too, is I'm almost <sighs> – the MVP Summit was awesome. Got to see a lot of these people. Uh, uh, who have names and people we've been talking about for literally for years. Got a, a, And they're a, all like normal people as well, aren't they? Uh-huh. Actually quite got to nice hang out people. with Paul. Got to hang out with Paul quite a bit. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't have hung out with Paul Hagg before. Yep, nope. That's hilarious. How long have we been doing this show? Two, uh, like two years or something like yeah. that? Yeah. That's brilliant. Sorry, carry on. No, that's okay. And uh, uh, 
you know, putting names. Do people faces. recognize your voice, by the way? Because uh, a lot of the MVPs listen, so. Kind of. Uh, uh, some of them, <laughs> they didn't realize it until I spoke up. Um, How about Angela? Did you get to spend any time with her? Uh, yes, I sure did. She and I chatted cool. uh, a number of times. So uh, at the MVP showcase, we were chatting there and stuff. So uh, that was good. Uh, got to see here. They did, a, before the actual summit, they did an MVP to MVP day. And saw That's my fa- that was always my favorite, yeah. Yeah, I saw her do a, a presentation there. and. Mm. Um, but she's good, you know. I, I think she used to do that stuff for a living. So. The summit has actually kind of soured me on the other conferences. Uh, really? Yeah, because those of you who, who aren't an MVP and don't know it, the MVPs we get, the summit gives us an, a direct connection to the product groups. You know, we get the product groups come in. Brian Harry came in, the, the program managers and product managers, and, and, and uh, you know, a number of the different people from the actual product groups from within the Visual Studio uh, eco- ecosphere come in and talk to us directly. They present to us and show us what they're going to be working on. We're all under NDA and the NDA non-disclosure agreement. And, uh, you know, that's, that message is reiterated all over the place. So we get to see some stuff um, that was, you know, going to be announced the following week or the following three years from now, you know, stuff that's very concrete to stuff that they're just thinking about. So, you know, we get that in-depth, real detailed information about these different areas within the Visual Studio ALM space. Um, But it was a conversation, you know, when you go to build or one of these other conferences, it's a lecture, you know, so there's Mm -hmm. no interaction and it's all, you know, publicly available information. There's very little early stuff when you go to build, you know, the MVP summit is what I always wanted build to be. Mm. Yeah, so I, I uh, our MVPs are not shy either, are they, Greg? <laughs> well, that was the other side too. Is that yeah, it was really very much a two-way street. Now each MVP group is different. Uh, uh-huh. The ALM group are the best. The ALM group. So. Well, actually, that was pretty funny too. The um, what is the, the the term? You know, the different groups um, one upping each other. The language groups seem to be more, you know, against the VS ALM group, and there seemed to be some, not conflict, but... Uh, yeah, it's because uh, kn- the ALM group know we're the best, you know, so <laughs> well, they don't have a chip on the shoulder. And, and we were, the ALM group have a very close relationship with the product group. How about that? Yeah, and, and you know, it was like, well, the VS ALMs, we have to know everything. We have to know the cloud. We have to know SharePoint. We yeah. have to know SQL Server. We have to know this, whereas those other groups, they only have to know their one little place. And, yeah, and... <laughs> show me a lot. La- I, I still can't do Lambda Express. Expressions, you know, I mean, there's no way I qualify. And, yeah, and, and the language guys are going because I, I hung out with a number of them, like uh, Bill Wagner and a you know, yeah. number of big names there, and they're all, oh, you guys, you know, you guys aren't doing anything. We're writing, you know, code. We're doing uh, all that stuff. So that was interesting. And the, like you were saying about not being shy to be an MVP. <laughs> To actually to become an MVP, you have to be an extrovert in one way or another, either presenting at user groups, uh, blogging, doing something. You have to be putting yourself out. So, you know, by the very nature of an MVP, you are an extrovert. Now, you put 90 of these extroverts into a room and you, you're presenting to these guys. And if they don't like it, they will tell you. And the best thing is that they're all better presenters than anybody that will stand up present and present to them because these guys like do it for a living. And there you are like some product group guy, you know, you you know, most of the people, you know, I used to be an MVP, so I can kind of just about hold my own. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, most it's very, it can be a very, it's like going into the bear pit sometimes. Uh, Very much so. And you could tell the people who had been doing it for a while, you know, Brian Harry. Well, yeah, Brian's different. 
you know, he's like, okay, yeah, we'll listen to it. And some of the other guys that were doing it, and then to the and a lot of the former MVPs, like you were saying, um, who are now Microsoft employees, yeah, they knew how to handle that better. The new managers, they would take less there, of a hassle, it, it, would they? They, would, was, they would, rather than go, that's good feedback. They go, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it was the new man. Come on, guys, seriously, boy, it was like a lamb to a slaughter. Oh, both no. verbally oh, and via the back channel chats and stuff going on. Uh, you enjoyed Skype, did you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm still in that group. I was getting, it was like, bling, 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 bling. <laughs> it, was, it was very interesting. Um, very intimidating, though, still. I, I still find it very, huh. the fact that I'm in this group now, it's like, wow. You know, I, I need to up my game, I think, or something. Yeah, just don't let it go to your head, you know. It doesn't mean you know anything else. It just means that, you know, you get to you get to hear about things sooner. So Yeah. Uh, so that was the summit. And now one of the things that I was talking about at the summit is uh, Soma came in and presented. He did a keynote and, and showed us some stuff that was NDA at the time. Luckily, a lot of that stuff was queued to be announced the following week at the Connect event. The Connect event, um, hopefully you all saw it. It was a virtual connect uh, a virtual event broadcast live over channel nine um from one day on new york the next day uh from there at redmond and uh, we'll have a link in the show notes so you can catch them all the events and all the things on demand and if you only watched the streaming you have to go back to the on-demand site uh, there's a ton of sessions that were done um, outside of the live stream and that are available from you know uh, just re-looking at these announcements to you know you developing with the connect to all, all sorts of stuff. So you definitely have to go look at that. Brian Keller did a great job on his session. I just have to say, I mean, everybody did well. Mm. Brian, Ke- Brian Keller's great. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so impressed to his, but yeah, never mind. I always, you know, when you, cause I, you have to do talks and stuff occasionally and mm. you know, you're watching people and you kind of, you, you know, you store away, you store away little tips and tricks and things each time. And every time I watch one of Brian's sessions, it's yeah, it's just like watching a masterclass of demos. It's just so good. Um, and what did we announce? Or what did Microsoft announce? Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we, we, yeah, we, uh, we uh, open sourcing.net under an MIT license. Mm-hmm. Probably the, the thing that made Twitter pretty big news. <laughs> we were a trending topic. Yeah. Well, on a side note, um, kind of related to that, uh, one of the projects on CodePlex, as a matter of fact, that I've been watching for forever is called Alpha FS. It's a long file, uh, long file path, max max character, max path uh, library to help you deal with that. Uh, I didn't know about that one. That uh, one's going into my. I'm going to go. If you ever to... need, you know, max path. Uh, kind of support long path, paths greater than 255 character kind of stuff. Yeah. Alpha FS is, is definitely one of the, the go-to libraries. The problem is, is that the last version of 1.5 was released in 2011. Huh. And it had been languishing for a while. It wasn't available on NuGet or, or it mm-hmm. wasn't getting any check-ins. Last couple of months, uh, a new developer came on board and started actively working on it. Started, started seeing a bunch of the check-ins and release planning. Um, so just today, I connected with him and made sure to let him know that the – did you know that .NET has a long path library in it? Uh, there actually is a if you if you search on the open source no, site, there's yeah, longpath.cs and there's a long path class and, and all that stuff. Unfortunately, it's private. You can't use it 
outside. It's, it's been marked as private. One of the other product groups needed it probably because of the depth of folders that we were eventually getting with Vista when it went C, documents and settings and then users and the path and path and path and path. The, those paths were getting really deep. So eventually that got added in, um, but it was private. So now though, they announced at Connect that the 4.6 library, which is the library that's the, the full .NET framework that we are traditionally used to, that's going to be binary replacement for the 4.5 family, um, that's been licensed under at least some of it, not 100% of it, a majority of it has been licensed uh, as MIT. So I basically pointed him at that 4.6 MIT licensed version to let him know, to, you know, you can start using this. You can start legally taking parts of it, and as long as you do it under the MIT license and, and uh, um, taking that into consideration, you, know, you can kind of learn from what the mothership does. And I'm going to, I've just got a link right here now. I'm gonna, I'll put a link in the show notes to the longpath.cs class the other in GitHub. downside of that library is it's only yeah. local files. It doesn't handle the UNC and, long path. Well, UNC, work, UNC, works, UNC works anyway. UNC is. So the way you would reference local paths mm -hmm. using long path is to use the UNC convention of whack, whack, C, whack. So UNC paths are by default long paths, believe it or not. Hmm. But the problem is, is that you can't, uh, you can't do, um, if you put, uh, what's it, is it run, the run DLL or something? If you put if you put um, a UNC path into the load DLL API in Windows, it doesn't work. <laughs> so there are a few places. So like actually loading an XE from a long path, nigh on impossible. But uh, so it, you know Windows itself has issues. But uh, yeah, no long 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 paths work for UNCs. Anyway, I've, I've spent a lot of my time banging my head against this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, long story short, that open sourcing of that part of it. Uh, was you know something that I could use today and the open source developers can start using. The other thing was um, you know they've taken another part of .NET framework, the .NET Core, also called .NET 2015, uh, and made it real open source uh, to the point where they're going to accept pull requests, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, what else did they release? Oh, they released uh, all the ASP.NET stuffs out there already. Um, oh yeah, know. that's boring. Eh, they've been doing that for forever. <laughs> ah, it's just ASP.NET running on Macs, running on Linux. You know the entire the CLR. They're going to pull that all over to Linux. Yeah, the true.NET uh, server side uh, um, framework, open source, and running on Linux uh, and, and the Mac. Oh, that's boring. Um, so we, um, I mean, we did the whole. Um, Community VS Community Edition as well. Was that big news for you? That was for, yes, for my coding for fun uh, part of the world. Uh, that was yeah. So just to just to recap, it's basically rather than the Visual Studio Express editions, which you know were all like had the different flavors and always had a few you know different limits and things. Mm -hmm. uh, one of one of the major ones was you couldn't load extensions in it, for example. Right. But even down to like you don't have ATL in the C plus plus compiler and stuff like that. Um, well, now it's VS Community, and it's the full-fledged version of Visual Studio, um, free to use uh, for hobbyists and individuals and companies up to five people, as far as I know. Right. And no matter, you know, I, I, this was the best bit in the EULA, and free to use to contribute to open source projects, like regardless. 
as well, which I just thought was just all. I was like, what? <laughs> How far we've come? That's huge. So, yeah, and for your coding for fun, as I say, that's just brilliant, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's actually what it is. If if you if you're looking for what the features of Community are, it's Think Professional. It's basically Visual Studio Professional yeah. um, with a different set of licensing requirements, which means because it's in that same family, you can't install Community Edition side by side with Professional Premium Ultimate. You, you wouldn't need to if you've got one of those and you don't need Community. Basically. Exactly. And, and that's just to make sure that, you know, it's clear. And, you know, the difference is in the licensing. You need to understand what the licensing are. You can use Community Edition for a paid commercial projects within a certain um, limit, uh, 250 PCs at the company, five developers, a uh, million dollars in revenue, those kind of things. But if you're doing it at home as a hobbyist, working on an open source project, uh, a community edition is there. And, and it really is. It's just professional with different licensing. So, yep. If you wanted to, you know, work on something at home that you were noodling with and all that sort of stuff, it's just brilliant. Yeah. Just get it installed. Uh, there's also different um, for academics as well. So teachers can yeah. basically use it as, you know, basically give it to their students and say, you know, for when you're working on class stuff, whatever you're working, whatever you're doing, you can use the community edition. And that should clear up a huge number of confusions. Express was always confusing um, from yeah. before when there were language-based expresses to now when there's platform-based expresses in 2015 there won't be an express there'll just be community edition and we have all yeah it's just brilliant and you know uh you can you get all the free tools now so you get free visual studio and also you can get a uh, free visual studio online and have you know unlimited git repositories unlimited tfs projects and it's crazy isn't it? <laughs> it's quite good value we'll probably make it up on volume i won't worry about it yeah um what else did they announce? Uh, Visual Studio 2015 was announced? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Did, now, is that the first time we've given it a name? Basically? Yes. I, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm allowed to call it that now, am I? <laughs> yeah. I don't have to edit that out like I did the one show. Do you remember that show? Oh, that was bad. I was tired that day. But, um... now, but now you know how I feel, Greg. Yeah. You know, now, now, you've had, now you've had the NDA dump, and it's like, oh, well, you know, you have to, like, segment your brain. And know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's brilliant that you've, um, yeah, so we, but we did the preview build of that, I think, didn't we? And did we also ship the um, the final build of update, update 4 as well? That's right. 2013 Update 4 RTM shipped as well. Brilliant. And um, uh, to plug into that, you can download the obviously the Apache Cordova tools, you know, the, the cross-platform development tools. And you can now download the Visual Studio emulator, for, uh, Android emulator. Which was wild. Yeah, yeah that's, that's... What do you that's... think to that? I'm seeing a lot of, of traffic back and forth about why did Microsoft do that? Why do they need to do an, why do we have another you know Android emulator? Um, it's better. <laughs> I, I find that funny, uh, ironic in a way. But um, because it didn't take uh, much work and it was there's better. a new Xamarin. Yeah. Um, starter edition. That yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'd be, there's a deal with MSDN subscriptions as yep. well, I think. Yep. So you can start building your iOS and Android apps right there in Visual Studio Community Edition as well as later editions. Um, yeah. You can build plugins for Visual Studio with Visual Studio Community Edition as well. Load them in. You can open source them. You've yeah, got all those source extensions control. we've talked about or I've blogged about on Coding for Fun or anything else, they're now open to you. So Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty big news. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else as well uh, alongside on those announcements. You know, we we had, yeah, 
yeah, it was, it was uh, quite a lot of stuff. We made a bit of a dent in the universe that day. I was, you know, I was quite pleased. Yeah. So, and the, the, re- the reaction seems to have been, I don't know, well, you tell me, what's the reaction been like? It seems to have been overwhelmingly positive. The .NET developers seem to feel like, you know, they're having a bit of love again. You know what got the, probably the most excitement beyond the Community Edition being free? Um, mm-hmm. We got a WPF roadmap. We actually have a. You tell me that that didn't trend on Twitter, Greg. I know. Uh, well... I know. Like, the biggest excitement maybe in your world. <laughs> I, but that's where I'm seeing more of it because there's so many desktop developers out there, and we've been hearing modern, modern, metro, modern, metro, modern, metro for for so long. The fact that WPF got actually you know, stated it was included in a blog post, uh, uh, the big blog post about it, and, and that was had its own blog post, and it's getting some love. It's not. Um, Getting a huge amount. It's not. We're not going to see, you know, a, a major version of WPF or anything else. But it's getting some attention and some love, and it's been getting some of that before. But you just hadn't been seen, hadn't been talked about. So uh, that was, I think, one of the, the more exciting things coming from Connect uh, and getting some very positive uh, mentions. Um, the open sourcing was very positive up front. And then I heard the, the backlash. There was some backlash. Did you? I actually didn't see much of the backlash. Yeah, there were. It was very much a bell curve kind of very, very excited. Then the naysayers started coming out. Oh, it's not really open source. Oh, it's not all there. Um, blah, 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 blah. It's coming along and it's, it's the MIT license. It's the most open of open source licenses. I'm really proud. I'm actually just really thrilled it's under the MIT license. I know for people who are not like big open source nerds like me, that's probably not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, the MIT license is literally the most open license you can have. It's, you know, it's a use it, do whatever you want with it. Just don't sue me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and it, it's just fantastic because now it's, it's like so compatible with everything else. So if you want to t- take that code, stick it in a GPL stuff and have it running on uh, Raspberry Pi or whatever, or, you know, go for it. Yeah. You, you be, be our guest. Go ahead. Fork some Microsoft. You, you know, know, it's just like. You know what Connect was? That was when before Build 2012. Uh, we, I, I think we had a show. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to see a message from Microsoft. I wanted to see a message as to from them saying why to turn Visual Studio. We want to be the development place for you, no matter where you want to go, no matter where you yep. want to build it. We want to help you do it. That was the message that I wanted to hear in Build 2012. <laughs> Finally heard it. And for real, not just a, here's a direction, but we're actually, they're walking the walk, uh, uh, um, seeing deliverables in that respect. Um, it's For the longest time, Xamarin was the exciting place because they were doing all these cool development stuff. And it seemed like Visual Studio was, it was really silent, getting a little worrisome and that kind of stuff. The tables almost turned in two days from where Xamarin was the new shiny. Xamarin still is the new shiny, but the development news coming out of Connect was enough to get you really excited about the future of development on the Microsoft platform, uh, not Microsoft platform, in the Microsoft environment to whatever platform you want to put a, put your app. So, yeah, it's big stuff. Um, you are, you're proud to be a .NET developer, are you? Yeah. You're not, you know, you're not sad to say I'm in Visual Studio all day. You know, I've always been in Visual Studio all day, but now it's kind of like it's exciting again. So I think that was it. It brought the excitement back. 
I'm thrilled. I mean, you, you, you've been talking to me for a while. You know, and I've been growing ex, ex, in, increasingly excited with the direction that the company's going mm-hmm. in and things. And yeah, we, I don't know. We seem, I've always been impressed by how much people do actually get it inside Microsoft. It doesn't, it often didn't feel like that from the outside. Um, but uh, being on the inside, I was, I was surprised at how much we got it. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, Happy days. I mean, it's a very, you know, I can't say, I can't explain how incredibly exciting time it is to be working in the company and things. And it's, uh, it's uh, pretty cool. It's going you know, going to be a good, it's going to be a good ride over the next few years. That's for sure. Yeah. And I think one of the examples of that, you know, pre-show you and I were talking about it, Microsoft.github.io. Mm-hmm. It's a repository of repositories here. And that core FX that we were talking about, um, the 4.6 reference source is actually hosted on GitHub. Yeah, have you had a look through the commit graph on that as well, have you? <laughs> just looking at the number of projects here on, on that page, um, there's like five pages of different projects. So they're the GitHub projects. There are 23 GitHub organizations that Microsoft attack. I mean, that's just stupid. We need to fix that and just have like one. But anyway, <laughs> I'm working on that. But the, um, yeah, there are, uh, yeah, 23, is it, I think? Yeah. GitHub Other, so not only, yeah, so not only is Microsoft at GitHub.io have a whole bunch of these things, but there's a whole bunch of other ones as well, like you were saying, yeah, other Microsoft GitHub. Yeah, but that Microsoft, the, the Microsoft at GitHub.io site pulls all those together. Okay. So if you do a search, it, it, it searches across all of the orgs. Um, and then, um, so I'd be interested. I have a version of that data that it, it runs off a JSON feed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a version of that feed which includes all the Coplex projects mm-hmm. as well. Do you think it should be included in that list at Microsoft.github.io, or would that be confusing to I you? I think that would be confusing. Okay, even if it was marked up as being a Coplex project, because uh, to me, GitHub to, to me, GitHub to a substantial number of people mm-hmm. just me is just is almost like. Is it, it GitHub is the open source to some people, right. like um, a Hoover is to a vacuum cleaner, you know? Yeah, but I think the expectation, though, is if they go to one of these, you know, the from Microsoft GitHub.io, go to one of these pages, and it takes you to CodePlex. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm just interested. Yeah. So anyway, there are some stats on Microsoft's total uh, open source, like where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. So these these are these can be exclusive numbers. How about that? Because I'm not printed anywhere. Just, I'm just looking at the latest feed that includes Coplex and uh, GitHub. There are uh, 1,429 open source projects from Microsoft. A total of 12,035 forks. Um, and 8,480 stars. Sorry, this was the day before we switched .NET on as well. And then um, there are, in total, or there were, there'd be more than that now. Now, this is a weird number, but 6,859 contributors to those projects. Hmm. But that's because that's there's a lot of like treble and quadruple counting there, because um, that's the sum of the number of people who are contributing to each project, if you know what I mean. Not the unique number of contributors, but still. Uh, yeah, and then so the actual the the order of the um, the order of the projects, how they appear on that page, is by is by awesomeness. <laughs> I'll include a link to the awesomeness algorithm in the show notes because I wrote it. I was inspired by like a, a, guy, a cool guy called Michael Jackson over at Twitter did an algorithm called that he called hotness. So it was in, it was inspired by that. But then um, 
I use uh, in in my version called awesomeness. I needed it. I wanted the algorithm to work so it, so we could compare Coplex and 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 GitHub projects like for like. So we use stars as like one of the factors, mm-hmm. and then we use you know how off when you've most recently pushed. But the most recently pushed factor um, has an exponential decay on it, so that when if you push something, you'll go up the up the page a bit, but then you know you kind of quickly go back down again. Uh, so that it doesn't, so that the the stars actually have a big weighting as well, you know. But we still get some movement within that list, even with, even with some popular projects getting towards the top. But the um, so it's all by oldness. But yeah, no, my, awesomeness is like hotness, but it has more. It uses pi <laughs> because pi is awesome. Oh. So uh, I was just pleased. It was a good bit of math. I spent like the a weekend on it when I should have been doing something else. So there we go. But yeah, isn't that amazing? Fourteen hundred pro in well, it'd be fifteen hundred projects now. But yeah. Isn't that just nuts? That's yeah. Anyway, we should probably have yeah, that time of the sh- that time of the show probably. Uh, uh, see what one is, thing, is there anything on GitHub? Yeah, though, we were talking about the new shiny of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ironically enough, um, you know, GitHub is is like the Switzerland or the Geneva of the world because yeah. Google announced just uh, day before yesterday that their Go language um, they're moving it from the Google Code site over to GitHub as well. Cool. So I just didn't see that. Wow! I didn't see that. I didn't see that trend on Twitter when that happened. But still, <laughs> I'm glad they did it. I, Good I, on them. Yeah, I think the key. Well, well done, Google. Yeah. A little pat on the head for Google. Uh, the key for for you guys out there, listeners out there, is that if you're not using Git, you need to start thinking about that. I know I need to start thinking about that. that's on my like top of my to do list. Is you need to grok it just for future um, employability. You know, I've been talking about Git for two years. I know, but it has blah blah blah. Mine exactly. It's like why? Who cares? But it's 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 real. And I've been waiting for the shiny to wear off. You know, because remember, you know, uh, I remember when um, was it CBN. And then CBS, CBS, oh and then SBN, SBN and CBS, yes, yeah, and then you know, how these are all the new shinies, and then Mercurial, and then all these other ones, and it's just all like ah, blah blah blah, waiting for the to, to, for the bell, the early Doctor Bell curve to to top off and, and uh, you know start going down and start getting the grumpy, um, and we're seeing that now, uh, but we're also seeing the people that the early Doctor Bell curve is still going up because they're still improving it, more people are using it. Uh, seriously, folks. You need to take that. If you don't have Visual Studio at home, get the Community Edition. If you don't have a Git repository or someplace you want to do it, go to VSO. You can go to CodePlex too. Um, you can have those private there's there. You can use it with GitHub. Uh, but start getting familiar with Git. Start getting familiar with the languages. What a pull and a you know. Because the fundamental thing, it, it's like it, you know, it's just completely different source control model. TFVC isn't going away because centralized version control isn't going away. Right. Um, and, and it's still by far the fastest growing version control tool, which is interesting. But but, but the um, the the Git's obviously you know got shiny hotness value to it. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's just a totally different way of doing version control, and it's a much you have to think about the version control problem in a different way. Um, and so that's why it's worth doing and having to play with at home. It's not it you know. It's probably not suitable for your work code as it well, it might it might not be suitable for your current work project in the current you know state the source code is in. Right. 
But the interesting thing is if you refactor your source code to make it suitable to be a Git project, actually it gives you certain attributes like being, you know, more loosely coupled, being more modular, and you think, actually, you know, they're, they're reasonably good attributes to have in a code base. So yeah. maybe this isn't... So, um, and yeah, it's just... The, the thing I like about it is just low friction to get started. You go to file new projects, say you want it to be in Git, and you're, you're in version control. You don't need to have a server. You don't need to even create a free VSO account to push your Git repository to. You can still be using version control without without pushing it anywhere. So, but there we go. Yep, cool. Well, uh, yeah. So that was your that was your takeaway, was it? It was it was it was been it's been a good week to be a Microsoft developer, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. So um, and and so you had that week after coming off the Kool Aid of being at the MVP summit. That's like a double hit of Kool Aid. <laughs> And my brain is have such full. a hangover next week. Yeah, so. uh, time, time of the show? Yeah, I we, think Actually, so. it's double the time of the show, but never mind. Carry on. Uh, episode 84 of TFS brought to you by SAS Made Easy, the leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com or at, via email at sales at sasmadeeasy.com. Um, and I got to hang out with Paul. At the MVP summit, I think I mentioned that earlier. It's been a long show already, huh? Mm -hmm. um, and that was pretty, pretty cool. So again, I got to thank him. Got to thank SAS Made Easy for helping us bring you the show. Definitely couldn't do it without those guys. So nope. great guys. Um, so we'll whip through the news because I've got to run to another meeting. Ten minutes. So let's go. Let's <laughs> let's have a re let's okay, go through all the picks. We'll shall go we? too fast then. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just released on the Visual Studio Gallery. Speaking of the gallery, um, is a macro platform you can actually write and run macros in Visual studio 2013 and this is from community microsoft. edition as well as <laughs> your professional edition <laughs> exactly so you know uh, if you're doing a repeated thing in visual studio and you said i god i wish i could have a macro to do this here you go yep uh so uh, the number one for me is i do, i i make use of the command prompt here a lot inside of visual studio and things so um there's a a, a plugin you can use in, inside of Explorer as well. There's a plugin you can use to um, help generate you a, a different you know, command prompt that's been updated for Visual Studio 20, uh, 2015. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to do a, a command prompt here um, for PowerShell as well as for Visual Studio 2015 developer command prompts and all that sort of thing. So uh, yep, it helps you helps you to customize that and you know change different values you might want in terms of like what you want your menu text to be and it just helps you generate a shortcut. But uh, still, it's um, it's pretty handy. It, it, it actually it's a server uh, link we'll put in show notes. And it generates the INF file. You know, a shortcut file for you. So uh, yeah. I, I like it. So there we go. But one thing I would like though is if it actually did the. Um, uh, so I, I do. I have a couple of different command prompts. One is I have a little. I have an admin prompt as well as a normal prompt, and then I have them set to different colors. And I also mess with the font sizes because I'm I'm often you know projecting. So they're, they're, I'll, I'll pass that along as feedback. It'll be awesome if they help me with that too. But the fact that it was a web server generating an INF file, I just thought it was, I just thought that was cool. So, yeah, that was pretty neat. No, definitely. All right. We're, we were talking about um, distributed version control. Well, Mike Modi has a post and he's talking about why. Why do you want it? Why, you know, you're trying to sell somebody on it. Take a look at his post. He goes into it from, again, uh, uh, you know, centralized to SVN to, you know, why distributed is good. So, and as I say, it's just, it is different as well. For me, uh, it's the, um, it's the reduction in friction, really, mm -hmm. you know, but it does come with some, it does come with some penalties as well. And especially Git is, you know, 
you can shoot yourself in the foot with it. So, um, you know, there are, there are pros and cons. So, but yeah, I would definitely encourage our listeners to have a play with it at home for sure and, and understand it so that when they start their next project at work, you know, you can answer the question uh, cogently, is, is, is Git the right thing for this project or not? Right. So regardless of use it um we've got an update to the uh tfs uh, command line cheat sheet over on coplex so um you can go along and it's um uh, posted up there so you can download the the latest command line just to show you as well that uh you know uh, tfvc and, and all those sorts of things <laughs> haven't haven't gone away yet um you, you know if you want to do all the command line it's not just obviously tf which is the tfvc command line but you've got all the command lines for tfs build and uh, all the uh, work item administration stuff the test case manager command line there's command lines of things you would you know yeah, you would you would never even know, and then obviously it's even got some of the things like the power tools and all the different third party tools as well. So definitely check out the TFS command line cheat sheet if you want to to impress your friends with your uh, knowledge of TFS and you want to pass your TFS exam. <laughs> Uh, uh, free training. You guys all know I love free training. Microsoft Virtual Academy uh, was actually mentioned a lot at the MVP Summit as well. Uh, they're getting very aggressive and they'll be growing quite a bit. You guys should check that out, Microsoft Virtual Academy. Uh, and there's for IT people as well as developers, for example, the Fundamentals of Visual Studio Online course from uh, Stephen Borg, Aaron Bjork, uh, James Tupper, Charles Sterling. And you've met all these people now. Yes. Did you meet? Did you finally meet Chuck and Aaron and Steve and all those guys? Uh, Steve, I definitely talked with and, and, and chatted with. I, I think I saw the rest of them. I don't know how much I okay. actually uh-huh. uh, chatted with them, but they've got a uh, session here in the Microsoft Virtual Academy. If you're new to Visual Studio Online, series of ten minute videos just to get you started on it. Again, you know you can start for free. Um, you know, so if you want to start putting your projects out there uh, and you want to keep them private. This is a quick course. It's available right now. Cool. So uh, speaking of training, this one isn't free. But anyway, uh, Anthony Borton's behind uh, a lot of ways to talking about it. So uh, I'd still, uh, you know, if Anthony recommends something, then I would, I, I listen to him. And that's the ALM Forum over in Seattle on the, in 2015, May 2015. So um, it's, you know, it's an event that uh, we certainly go along to. It's not, it's not a Microsoft event. It's a, uh, Keith runs it. It's a third party event, but it's, um, uh, it's a, generally a good event and one of the thing that i quite enjoy is is the fact that it isn't a microsoft event <laughs> and so um i know it sounds bad but you know it's there is microsoft's there a lot because we're obviously a big player in the alm space but there is also you know a free exchange of ideas and what different people think about different alm stuff so you know i enjoy it i i it's, it's a it's a, a good a good conference and more importantly anthony who we we know and love from the show he's a great guy and um he's doing a um a precon on TFS. So uh, yeah, check that out. And last, we can't have a show without talking about the ALM Rangers. And da, since da, da. Git is our new shiny, uh, Willie P's got a new post about many Git repositories, but one team project to rule them all. How do you do that? Because as we've been talking about, your Git repositories need to be relatively small, um, but you don't want to have a whole bunch of team projects because that, that makes problems with work items and everything else. So if you're using uh, Visual Studio 2013, you're using Git, you want to have multiple repositories, but you won't have one team project, got to check out Willie's post. So a good, a good way to think about it is a, um, the scope of a solution file mm-hmm. in Visual Studio is probably, rule of thumb, probably about the right scope for a Git repo. 
you know, that kind of that kind of level of granularity. Whereas if you think about a team project, quite often you would for a large team, you might have like four or five different solutions in there. So, uh, yeah, so uh, so that's how I tend to think about it. So I'm sure I've been telling you this the past two years. Nobody was listening to me. <laughs> now you've been well, the MVP of it. Ooh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. Well, never mind. You'd be telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, if you refer to Radio Two episode number sixty-five, I think I was telling you this. Anyway, cool. I'm really pleased. I mean, it's been, as I say, been an exceptionally good week to uh, be a Microsoft developer. Incredibly proud of where the company's going. Very excited to see the direction. Um, if you, we're going to have a, a few more interview shows coming up, I think, uh, to talk about some of this new stuff that's been announced. So um, if you want to let us know what you'd want to hear about, then do email us, radiotfs at outlook.com, or, or drop us a, um, a line on the voicemail on 425-233-8379. Uh, I can nearly remember that number now without reading it. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> so, yeah, and thanks very much for the show, Greg, and uh, we'll speak to everybody soon. We'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS. Radio TFS.